Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, number 82. I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, the editor of Marvel.com. Very excited. 82 is my birth year, my lucky number. Also very excited for a big return here on uh, This Week in Marvel. We didn't even build this or anything. It's like when WWE has a mystery guest or something. It usually ends up being Hornswoggle. Um, but we have... You didn't get that. Don't laugh at it. Uh, You're the Hornswoggle of this podcast. Okay. Don't look it up. Uh, our intern from last semester, Caroline, has returned for a second semester. Yeah. Welcome back. Woo! Few interns do the two-semester trip. It's true. That puts you in elite company, the likes of Mark Strong. Who else? Tom Lafferty. Really? Oh, yeah. That list... Went downhill. Fast. I'm sure there's others. <laughs> Justin. Justin. <laughs> Was there a Justin? Good job. All right. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we're going to dive into the podcast. But uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, we're going to run through all the new comics, print and digital, for the week. Uh, and that includes single issues and collections. We're going to talk about um, stuff on TV, movies, video games, go through news, and then take your questions and comments. While you're listening, if you use the hashtag this week in Marvel to tweet your questions and comments, we'll pull them in for next week. And uh, we've got a, a new section coming up. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's a big episode. It is. We're going to dive right into things. All right, let's off. kick things off with A plus X number eight, continuing this great anthology series with two more awesome stories. The first one, written by our man Jerry Duggan, art by Salvador LaRocca, which is always fun to see. We've got Spider-Woman teaming up with Kitty Pride and Lockheed. Uh, Lockheed and Spider-Woman actually have a relationship going on uh, where they're both members of S.W.O.R.D., agents of S.W.O.R.D. Kitty Pride doesn't care for it. They have all their little in-jokes and stuff like that. Uh, they end up fighting the Absorbing Man. It's a pretty cool battle. Kitty Pride comes up with a pretty cool way to dismantle Absorbing Man and then gets some nice snarky shots in on Spider-Woman. And Spider-Woman blames it on the fact that her pheromones make women hate her. And Kitty Pride says, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, what I really dug was the second story written by Christopher Hastings, art by my man Riley Brown, teaming up Hawkeye and Deadpool. I want to see these guys together on a more regular basis. They're just snarking together. The best is it feels like they've been doing this for yeah. so long and like it, we just got into one of their regular well, adventures. Here's the thing. Usually when anyone teams up with Deadpool, it's just them saying how much they hate the fact that they're teaming up with Deadpool. I like the fact that Hawkeye basically gets along with them. Yeah. Like it's a it's like a buddy cop movie. It's yep. like Lethal Weapon or something. Uh, they're going after a crazy pirate villain in the sewers of New York. They have a similar goal. Deadpool's got a bow and arrow. It's a lot of fun, and I really like that dynamic. I'd love to see that come back in the future. I, I like Deadpool having other heroes who he's just, you know, buddies with. Yeah. Who's not necessarily, people are insulting him every two seconds. And he actually gets in some good zingers on Hawkeye. Totally. So, that And was it's nice. great to see Riley draw Deadpool. Oh, I love seeing Riley Brown draw anything, but yeah, he's yeah. a classic Deadpool artist. Totally. Avengers number 12 by Jonathan Hickman and... Nick Spencer co-wrote really? that one. He certainly did. I didn't realize that. Oh, yep. awesome. Well, Going into Infinity. Jonathan nice. getting some extra help so he can plot out Infinity. That's terrific. So John and Nick uh, with art by Mike Diodato and colors by Frank Martin. Great issue as we follow some of the repercussions from previous story where there's all these um, garden bomb things that have gone off on the world. Well, there's one in the Savage Land. There's a new species. And the Avengers say, hey, these, this new species is growing at a rapid rate. We need to teach them uh, so that they, you know, understand the world, they understand life, and, and they're very different from us. So how do we 
um, acclimate them to this society. Really great stuff with Thor and Hyperion. Uh, fun stuff with Hawkeye and Spider Woman. Uh, Spider Man, Superior Spider Man. Terrific throughout. Really great stuff. And uh, it, it's a fun issue. Interesting to see how all the, the the dynamic of these characters and then working with these uh, this new species. And then at the last page, you get the return of just. One of the biggest jerks in the Marvel universe. I you always it. hated this guy. I, I mean, I mean, you I love, love to hate him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's shown up in previous uh, podcasts, and you always know what a jerk he he's is. He's such a. I don't think he's that much of a jerk. Yeah, no, he's not he's, a jerk at all. He's just gonna muck with everything. But that's what every villain. He's not more of a jerk than like Doctor Doom. But that he's under the guise of being a good guy. That's a jerk move. I guess. I don't have the, the... Well, you're wrong. No, I just don't have the visceral reaction to him that you do. I love him. I think he's a great character. Sure you do. Uh, <laughs> swinging on over to Daredevil number 26. Now, this is an exercise issue. Uh, it's by the regular team of Mark Wade and artist Chris Somney, as well as the brilliant colors of Javier Rodriguez, not to mention the letters of our friend, Joe Caramagna. Um, very special issue of Daredevil. Double-sized, like I said. I'm not sure if it's double-sized. Definitely exercise. It has a backup story and it has some little tidbits. But it's a brilliant issue. Uh, it's hard for Wade, Insomni, and all them to top their game issue after issue. But this is one where it's a big payoff. It's literally something that's been building since issue number one. Finally, and I've talked about before on the podcast, and we both have, how <clears throat> I didn't know who the big bad in Daredevil was. And I went out of my way to make sure I didn't know who it was. Actually, I read this issue and then the next day read something from Jim Viscardi that would have spoiled it for me. But thankfully, I held off a day. And so you find out finally who's been messing with Daredevil all this time. But this issue is basically Daredevil on the run after last issue with Akari beat the crap out of him. Uh, Matt Murdock is just in a panic. He is scared. So the whole man without fear thing is gone. And it's just him stumbling from situation to situation in his life. Does a job interview uh, for a potential someone to help out while Foggy's out. And that ends up being this high intensity scene. A chase through New York City. He's in the hospital. The whole deal is that basically Akari and his mysterious master are able to plant people wherever they want. And they know who Matt Murdock is, they know how to target him, and they know how to make his powers work against him. So the fear that Mark Wade conveys in this issue is just palpable. And Samney just goes to town, whether it's a chase scene, whether it's a fight scene, whether it's just Matt unraveling, you feel the intensity until finally you get to the end and you find out who the big villain is. And there's also a great backup story where Foggy Nelson who is dealing with uh, his recent cancer diagnosis, and the backup is by the same creative team, uh, has a meeting with a bunch of kids in the cancer ward, and they write this cool um, make-your-own Marvel comic, basically dealing with cancer. And it's it's a really fun story. It's a really heartwarming story. I'm not going to give it away here. But the last page is really great. Just a brilliantly constructed comic from beginning to end, showing that there's always somewhere else to go you have a comic this good yeah over to Deadpool number 10 by Brian Posehn Jerry Dugan and Mike Hawthorne you've got Deadpool you know doing his thing he's got the the shield agent in his head he's killed his one of his friends you know normal day for Deadpool and then team up with Spider-Man mm-hmm. fun fun stuff they face Batroc they face uh 
Lady Stiltman. Yeah, she's a thing. I love that. Uh, Although I am upset they dropped the deal where she just wanted to be called Stiltman. Um, that was like in her early, I think, villains for higher appearance, where she was like, "Why can't I just be Stiltman? Why can't a woman be Stiltman?" So, I guess she's got Lady on the front of her name now. Yeah. Um, and then so there's Lady Stiltman. There's the Trapster, and there's this guy. What is his name? Is that right? Oh, Chance. 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 I don't fantastic. even know who Chance is. He's a '90s Spider-Man character who he's a mercenary, but he will only do a job if you will. You don't have to pay him. You have to bet with him. Like you have to say, "I bet you X amount of dollars that you can't pull off this mercenary gig." It's a totally gimmicky character. He's it. fantastic. Yeah. I don't even know what his powers are. Yeah, he just he got some guns. Just, and he stuff. just has armor or something. Sure, why it's a not? Great Taskmaster moment. In yeah, there too. great Taskmaster moment and really fun interaction between Deadpool and Spidey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn definitely on the internet a lot, and uh, you can tell <laughs> by this issue. All right, overdue. Fantastic Four number eight by Matt Fraction, art by Mark Bagley, uh, Mark Farmer, Joe Rubenstein, and colors by Paul Mount. And it. This is one of my favorites so far from the run, where Ben Grimm has got his time where he's not all rocky and thing-like. He's back to his human form, and he's got some time to spend. Uses the time travel capabilities that the uh, the family has. Goes back to Yancey Street in the, I don't know, 50s? It's, it's, it's timeless. Don't it, go down that. Don't go down that hole. Yeah. Back in the in day, the past. in the past, uh, to deal with some bullies, to deal with the Yancey Street gang, to deal with a whole bunch of things. I don't want to ruin too much, but there's there's a line that he keeps saying in this book, mm-hmm. Yancey Street don't bend, and it's just so great. Really, really awesome stuff. I loved, loved this issue. I really want to see some, based on the last few issues, probably Fraction, I really want to see Fraction do a uh, History of the Yancey Street Gang limited series where it just follows them through. Because apparently they were this hardcore, like, gangsters, and then they evolved into the pranksters we know today. I'd love to, I want to see a whole story of from there to there. Totally. Very cool. Fearless Defenders number four, AU, meaning we're crossing over into the Age of Ultron event. This one is written by Colin Bunn, pencils by Phil Jimenez, inks by Carl Kiesel, backgrounds inked by Aaron McConnell, and colors by Antonio Fabella. This is set in the alternate reality of Age of Ultron, currently unfolding in that book. And we see the story of Warrior Woman in this reality. Uh, What happened to the Amazons here? Her teaming up with Caroline Le Fay to go into Latveria to take on Doctor Doom. We learn more about Caroline Le Fay, who is a regular player in Fearless Defenders, and we get some great fights and a great reveal of the villain, the true villain, someone we haven't seen in a while. Very cool there, and of course, just a treat to see Phil Jimenez back doing Marvel work, getting to do some of the characters he loves. Really, really good stuff. Really beautiful stuff. Iron Man number 258.3. Continuing this Lost Armor Wars story by David Michelini and Bob Layton, along with Dave Ross. In this installment, Tony tries to team with Justin Hammer, which ends up being a terrible move, as one would think. And he fights Mandroids, and he fights Dreadnoughts, and it's pretty cool. And we also get a debut uh, of a character who, in actual in actuality, would not come into being until way later down the line. But here he gets uh, he gets activated a little early. Over to Journey into Mystery, number 652, written by Catherine Immonen, art by Valerio Schitti and Jordi Belair. I mean, look, I've talked 
pretty much every time an issue comes out about how much I love this. This one might be my favorite. Right? I like, love this issue. Valeria, I want to say this about Valerio Schiti. Mm. The facial expressions are Kevin Maguire level amazing. Good. Not saying that they're like Kevin's, but they are so they're good yeah. on the level of someone like Kevin Maguire, who's a master at facial expression. You got great stuff in here with Sif, with um, the All Mothers, all three of them, but mostly with Gaia. Uh, here, Sif with Jane Foster, some really fun stuff. I really like the, uh, the that they show the Asgardians are just a bigger people mm-hmm. compared to humans. Like, yeah. you know, Sif Sif is actually kind of small for an Asgardian, but she's way bigger than right. Jane Foster, and they're all way bigger than the regular humans. Yeah, in she's got to be like seven feet tall. Yeah, it's it's terrific. It's really fun stuff. Uh, but they go to space, stuff happens, and we get our Beta Ray Bill. Exactly. And there's lots of fun stuff and more fun stuff to come. I really love this. I book. can't wait to see a full issue next month with Beta Ray Bill. I know. I'm really excited about that. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number 14 is another adaptation from the first season of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man done by Joe Caramagna. He does the Bring It Over, uh, and it's actually based on the Why I Hate Jim episode by Man of Action and Joe Fallon, in which Taskmaster was the villain du jour. So check this out. Over to Scarlet Spider, number 17, by Chris Yost, with art by Carlo Barberi. And uh, this is another one of those books that is just super fun, super uh, engaging, every single issue. Kane and, uh, I can't pronounce her name properly, Arsley? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. What do you think? Caroline? I have no idea. Yeah, great. Arsley, uh, they go and basically Kane has to kill Wolverine. Mm. And this is their adventure to get to the Jean Grey school and to go hunt and kill Wolverine. He doesn't really flinch either. He's no. like, all right. But I, I love it. He's, he's like, I got to do this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's either kill this one dude or a lot of bad stuff happens to the people I love. Right, because backing up to earlier in the series, he made a deal with the yep. Assassin's Guild. They were coming after all his friends, and he said, if you leave them alone, I will kill someone down the line for you, and it turns out it's Wolverine. Yeah, uh, but there's lots of fun interactions throughout, and finally mm-hmm. it's Kane versus Wolverine, and it's a terrific brawl. Superior Spider-Man, number 10, written by Dan Slott, art by Ryan Stegman, and it's the fallout of the big number 9, where uh, Ghost Peter is gone, gone, gone. Mm-hmm. So... You don't have that voice in Doc Ock Spidey's head. And uh, what does that mean? It means he gets more ferocious, more intense. And with that, a lot of other stuff is popping up around him. You've got, uh, looks like, a, what do they call it? The Goblin Army? The Goblin... Uh, I guess he, There are goblins. There are many goblins. Goblins in and this book. And the, the way that the Green Goblin is stretching out throughout... Um, the universe here is very interesting. It should be really cool to see as that gets explored. You get some romance in here. You get some fun family stuff. Uh, you know, they're they're just rocking this book right now. It's really fun. Final issue of Ultimate Comics Wolverine, issue number four, written by Colin Bunn, pencils by David Messina, inks by Gary Erskine, and colors by Javier Tartaglia. Two wrap-ups here. Number one, we get the wrap-up to the flashbacks telling the origin of Jimmy Hudson, and in the present, he goes one-on-one with his half-brother, Quicksilver. Great fight, and he gets some aid from an unexpected place. Also, the end of this book is going to lead into some stuff coming up in Ultimates, so definitely a key read for people following the Ultimate Comics universe. Crisscrossing back into the Age of Ultron universe, it is Uncanny Avengers number 8 AU 
co-written by Jerry Duggan all over the place this week. Helps out Rick Remender. Art by Adam Kubert. Fantastic. Colors by Frank Martin. And this is... This book was right up our alley because we talk all the time about how much we love what-ifs and alternate reality tales. And this is one where you can tell it, it fits in the actual Uncanny Avengers timeline because it concerns Kang and the Apocalypse Twins from the ongoing Uncanny Avengers story. Basically, Kang wants to test the Apocalypse Twins, so he drops them into another timeline where they can kind of test their metal against the heroes there. That timeline happens to be the Age of Ultron timeline. And here we have Colonel America, this, this uh, universe's version of Captain America, going down to meet up with the Morlocks, who here are led by Havoc and Rogue. Ends up being big fights between Colonel America and the Apocalypse Twins. Havoc and Rogue get involved. Some other characters get involved. It's awesome. The art by Adam Kubert is fantastic. But I really like how much care Remender and Duggan take to really flesh out. I, I love this when you'll go into an alternate universe story and, you know, say Age of Ultron, that's only focusing on a few characters. Here is, like, a packed, packed issue telling you a whole story that we'll, you know, might never see again, but creating this huge backstory with Havoc, with Rogue, with Steve Rogers, with the state between mutants and humans in this dimension. And it does have a huge effect on you. are like, all right, well, especially in a book like Uncanny Avengers with all these time manipulations, with all this destiny stuff, this this is a way that everything could go. You get more hints dropped on what's coming up in the future, and you really start to get a sense of the Apocalypse Twins and what Kang has done to them. So I really liked this issue. Um, really strong, whether you're looking for a one-shot tie into Age of Ultron or another great issue of Uncanny Avengers. So uh, good across the board. All right, over to Uncanny X-Men number six by Brian Michael Bendis and Fraser Irving. Now, I had to, I was traveling last week, so I had to read this on a low-res PDF mm. on my iPad just so I made sure I was prepped for the podcast. But having flipped through the issue now, it's even more stunning. The Fraser Irving's art is just incredible. He's just really, 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 really amazing. The stuff that he's doing, he's also a master of facial expressions, but he's a master of backgrounds and sort of setting a scene and working with the characters and, and really developing um, the storytelling that is needed from a great artist. He's just It's incredible stuff here. Uh, and the crux of the issue is the Uncanny X-Men have been pulled into limbo uh, because of Dormammu, who's another big-time jerk, and uh, he is not... He's not too happy with magic, and they have to. The X Men have to face down um, Dormammu and the Mindless Ones. Mindless Ones being one of my favorite sort of, you know, um, army of villains. There's a great line in there, I think, from one of the cuckoos, where it's just like, "It's like they don't have minds." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so really fun stuff. You also get to see a new mutant uh, pop up in this issue, which I thought was a really great story, and the uh, a, a twist for mm-hmm. who will be joining Shield. Uh, to counter the Uncanny X-Men and all mutants. Right. Hopefully you haven't seen the August solicitations yet, so it's more of a twist. I hope. No, I'm saying for these people. Yeah. Don't read the August solicitations. Jim Viscardi, once again, trying to spoil comics for people. What a jerk. What a jerk. X-Men Legacy number 11, written by Cy Spurrier, with co-art duties here. Paul Davidson, our beloved X-Club artist, does part of the issue, and Ten and Quat, the regular artist on X-Men Legacy, does a little bit more. Legion still looking into this crazy mutant, quote-unquote, cure. Basically trying to 
prove the old axiom that if it looks too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Trying to find something wrong with this crazy charitable organization. Uh, won't tell you whether he does or not. Will tell you there's a great twist at the end of this. And I, it, I think I knew it was coming. I think I read about it ages ago, but I forgot about it, so it was a really nice surprise. So that was fun. And then also I love that uh, Blindfold is basically assembling a team of kind of misfit X-Men to help her with her Legion problem because she knows if she gets, you know, Wolverine and Beast and all them, they'll just beat the crap out of Legion and put them in jail. So she gets Chamber, Frenzy, and Pixie, which is, you know, a dream team, and I'm really... Chamber, I, I like Sysperger right in Chamber. He does a really good job. Oh, he's crazy. No surprise there. Yeah. Final book of the week is Young Avengers, number five, by Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, Mike Norton, and Matt Wilson. And it wraps up the first story arc with the uh, Young Avengers really coming together to face down Mother and their, you know, possessed, sort of reanimated, clay-like parents. Terrific stuff. Amazing, amazing Loki moments. Really good interactions across the board from all the team members. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a really great you know move forward for the brand and for the team. I I love this book. Mm. And there's another one of those two page spreads in this issue, which is just every time. How is it possible? It's so yeah. insane. It's so great. Very inventive. All right, crunch time. Swim the week. Hmm. Hmm. You go first. I feel like you this week because yeah. I have a bunch of different picks. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed Young Avengers, which just talked about, and Journey into Mystery. But I would say my two that stand head and shoulders above the rest were Daredevil and Uncanny Avengers AU. I wasn't sure which way I was going to go heading into here. I still I think Uncanny Avengers AU is like right up my alley, but the level of anticipation I had for this issue of Daredevil, I'm going to give the nod to Daredevil this week. I think I'm going to go with Young Avengers number five. Good pick. Yeah. I would have chosen about four more, but I'm going to go with Young Avengers. They're really good ones. Yeah. Caroline, what are you, what are you excited to read? Um, I'm excited to read A plus X. I like Hawkeye mm-hmm. and, da- and uh, Deadpool a lot, so. You know what? Forgot about that one because that was the first that one we talked really, about, yeah, but that was actually really good too, so. Terrific. Strong week. Strong week and strong week in collections as well. As we have our first A plus X collection in trade paperback, we have the book that made Ryan jump out of his chair when he got back from yes. Europe, which is Cable and X Force Classic, reprinting some awesome late 90s Cable and X Force stories. The fourth volume of FF by Jonathan Hickman in trade paperback. A new collection of Journey into Mystery in trade paperback, which I believe features the first SIF arc. Marvel Masterworks The Fantastic Four, another volume of that is out in trade paperback. Secret Avengers by Rick Remender, volume two in trade. Uncanny X-Men by Kieran Gillen, volume four in trade. And finally, Wolverine Max, collected in trade. All right. On to the digital comics app, the Marvel app. There's everything we've talked about so far, including, uh, in addition to all that, we have Forceworks, numbers six and seven, because you demanded them. Iron Man, numbers 310 through 312. You know why... Those issues of Forceworks are in there? I do not. Because it's, if you look, Forceworks 6 and 7, Iron Man 310, 312, War Machine 8 through 10, and actually also Marvel Comics Presents 169 through 172. It's the Hands of the Mandarin crossover. Wow. That's right. The book, I rem- that was my first Iron Man story I ever read back in the 90s. It is something. Congratulations to you. I had some great, uh, I think 
there was Jim Chung art on that. Really? Maybe. Neat. Early Jim Chung art. Yeah. Abnett and Lanning, obviously, nice. doing it up. Well, I do love Abnett and Lanning. Yeah. Anyway, we've got all uh, the Iron Man, Marvel Comics Presents, and War Machine. Also, new X-Men, 155 and 156. Spider-Man from the uh, 90s series 15 and 18 through 23. I'm not sure. I don't remember off the top of my head what those are, but well, those... Yeah. I think those are some good issues, if I recall correctly. Those are fun they usually ones. were. Yeah. Uncanny X-Men 435 through 443. Uh, that wraps up what's on the app. But we also have some collections on the app, including Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 4, Deadpool Classic, Volume 3, New Mutants, Volume 4, Ultimate Power, Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 18, and Uncanny X-Men by Kieran Gillian, Volume 3. Kieran Gillian. Yeah, I just, you know, whatever. Sometimes it happens. Let him have it. He, that happens all the time. All right, we also have new updates on Marvel Unlimited, new freshly digitized comic. Caroline, why don't you uh, share those with us? Okay. Uh, you're back in the saddle here. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider Man 1963. We have 395 through 407, 409 through 412, 414 through 417, and 420. I was uploading that. Uh, Yesterday, and that is all Clone Saga goodness, including Ooh. issue 400 with the awesome gravestone yeah, yeah. cover. All sorts of good stuff. Totes. Uh, Amazing Spider Man 1999, we have 698. Astonishing X Men 2004, 56. Avengers 1963, 316 through 318, 341, and 342, and 352 through 354. Avengers 2010, issue number 34. Captain America, 1968, issues 311, 318 through 320, 326, do I? Were you yes. yelling a lot at Disneyland? I was yelling a lot at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Is it obvious? It is. Okay. Good jazz. All right, time for a new section and something that we've been talk- I've been talking about and you guys have wanted for a while. It's This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. So it's TWIM URC. Uh, we love our the, acronyms. Yeah, we, we're just rolling with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to do this about every other week. Um, what, what we're going to do is I'm going to, one of us will pick a book, a series, a storyline, whatever we want. We'll all read it, and we'll come back the following week, talk about it, discuss it, um, and then the following week after that, there'll be a new one. We can just rotate these. Um, you can find this stuff in the Marvel Unlimited app. You can find it on marvel.com in the Unlimited section. We'll have a whole uh, a banner and a list and a place that makes it really easy for you guys to find these issues, to keep track of what's in there, and... Um, It should be good. The first pick is mine, and I'm going with Avengers Forever, 1 through 12. It's the full Avengers Forever series, and it's one of those that we've talked about a ton of times on the podcast. People ask us, you know, what are some of your favorite Marvel series? And I figured, why not make sure that everybody who listens to the podcast knows why we like this just as much as we do? Uh, It's got... It's written by Kurt Busiek, amazing art by... With Car- Roger Stern. With Roger Stern, yep. With uh, amazing art by Carlos Pacheco, and uh, it's just... it's. I think we've said it before, a love letter to the Avengers. You know and what? Maybe we, uh, when we get the comments back on this, we pull in the editor of the series. He still works here. That's pretty cool. Mr. Tom Brevoort. Maybe yeah. he'll come and chat with us. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah. So um, what I want you guys to do is to open up your Marvel Unlimited uh, app or go to the site in Marvel Unlimited and read Avengers Forever 1 through 12. You'll find it in there. Then use the hashtag TWIMURC in order to send your comments and questions. So we'll, we'll pull, in, pull it into this doc. And uh, you can, if you also use This Week in Marvel, I'm sure we'll find them. But we want to make sure we easily separate the comments for the reading club. Um, and it should be really should be a lot of fun. Uh, I just added all the books to my list on Marvel Unlimited, and I put the first six as my offline reading option, so I can start reading them on the subway home tonight. And um, yeah, it's a great book. Hope mm-hmm. you guys like it. We'll discuss it more next week. Yeah. And uh, thumbs up. Very cool. And now we go to Stromy. Right. Yes. Did I jump the gun? No, you're good. All right. Strami, talk about stuff. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom, otherwise known as Strami, coming to you from beamingly sunny Los Angeles with the latest in Marvel movies, TV, and games, beginning with what is on air this week, namely... The one-hour preview event of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, which airs this Sunday beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. You get a full hour of Avengers action. All your favorite heroes come back. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and newcomer The Falcon. They all... Well, they have to reunite. The series picks up where the team has sort of fallen away from one another. And something happens that makes Tony Stark put out the call once again to bring them all back. And some of them don't come so willingly. They don't particularly want to be there. But there is something that happens that all of them know they must avenge. And that's sort of what kicks it off. It's got plenty of action, plenty of humor. You get the Red Skull and MODOK, which the fact that MODOK is one of the main villains in this series just makes me so gleeful, or at least in this one-hour pilot. It's going to be really fun. You get one hour of this this Sunday, and then the series premiere proper on July 7th, so you can get a little taste of everything coming up, and that begins in earnest about a month later. And of course, we'll be bringing you tons of news and updates on Marvel's Avengers Assemble in the meantime, but we'll be talking more about that once I come back after sending you back to the fine gentleman in New York, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you, Strami. I am also excited for Avengers, Marvel's Avengers Assemble this yes, weekend. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah. Part Time for news. Ben? Yeah, we got some great news on comics this week on Marvel.com. First up, X-Men number one coming out next week uh, with Brian Wood and Olivier Coipel. We have some news about who will be helping Olivier out on art. We're going to have a rotating team of great artists on this book. Uh, first up, David Lopez, who worked with Brian on the previous X-Men series to great acclaim, is going to be coming back in. And then Terry Dodson, who had a lengthy run on Uncanny X-Men, is going to be coming on as well. We have a little preview art, and we talked with both David and Terry, as well as editor Jeannie Schaefer and Brian. 
about what's coming up there. Also had a live blog last week for a press call, and that was Jason Aaron talking about what's ahead for Wolverine and the X-Men, and that is the Hellfire Saga. So if you want to know more about that, go and replay that live blog. Joe Keating joined us for a Q&A last week to discuss Morbius, the living vampire, and we got some cool black and white Rich Elson pages. And we have a fighting fanboys collision this week, because last week we ran our videos from WWE Access, which came out great, and uh, got to give some credit to, hate to do this, but got to give some credit to our, our video editor, Brian Stevie, who did a fantastic job putting those together. Terrible person, um, but... Be Brian Stevie and Jumpin' Rich Herrera. Yeah. New Killer Bees. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I don't know if Rich can jump. Probably not. <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's, he's, he's had a lot of skateboarding accidents <laughs> over the years. Yes. But uh, Brian puts together some great stuff. We talked to a lot of cool folks at WWE. But this week, starting by the time this goes up, we have interviews with Impact Wrestling competitors. So the lines are being blurred across on Marvel.com, the only place where they will be. But yeah, we've got uh, this week, we've got Austin Aries, Joseph Park, Chris Sabin. Next week, we'll be talking to. Christopher Daniels on this very podcast, and then also Gail Kim, Bully Ray, Kenny King, all getting psyched for Slammiversary. So, a lot of fighting fanboys and ladies. I caught up on some Impact this weekend. Yep. So good. It's just Impact's been off the chain, man. Yeah, I mean, aside from Bad Influence mm-hmm, being just mm-hmm. great, uh, the X Division X- is so fun. It's so yep. fun to watch. Yeah. I want, I want more... I know it's tough because it's still a, they're still growing that right. part of the roster, but and each match takes three guys. But it's, true. it's so good. That's cool. They have they have they have a system in place where it's every other week you have a well you have every week usually there's a there's a three way match between X division competitors and X division basically it's kind of like the old WCW cruiserweight division. Um, it's you know lower. Lower weight guys who are very quick, who but are very high like flying. That level of quality. Yeah, that like, level of quality. You know, when you had Juventud Guerrera mm-hmm. and Psychosis and Rey Mysterio and yep. um, who was the Disco Inferno? Dean Malenko, yeah. Jericho. Oh, man. All those best guys. But they will have, they all, all X Division matches are three way matches. One week they'll have a three way match between just contenders, and whoever wins that gets to bump up into a championship match the next week with whoever's the number one contender plus the champion, currently Kenny King. And then whoever gets pinned in that three-way match gets bumped down so they cannot compete in the next championship match. It's pretty cool. It's a nice way of giving some continuity to the division. And they've been running these promos for Suicide. So I was like, who the hell is this Suicide guy? So I went went and looked it up. I was like, what? Yep. What? Exactly. That's crazy. He's coming back. Yeah. Suicide will be back. I'm excited. This week, actually. Nice. Tonight, the night of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. We like that stuff. All right. Uh, I just wanted to add in that the This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club is a go. So please, Avengers Forever, read it and tweet with T-W-I-M-U-R-C. Over to Mark for news. Welcome back once more this week in Marvelites. This is, once again... Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you with a ton 
of Marvel's Avengers Assemble news. As I talked about earlier, this week we have the one-hour preview event of the series this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD, and we have been bringing you just a ton of Avengers Assemble news to celebrate. Kicking things off, we had word that the first episode of the series is available for free to download on iTunes through this Saturday, May 25th. So you can download that first episode right now for free. Of course, it is only part one of a two-parter, so to see how things wrap up, you will have to tune in on Sunday, but it gives you a good taste of what you have in store. We brought you the first trailer for the series that shows a ton of action featuring your favorite superheroes, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Falcon, all of them. We brought you a podcast with Fred Tashor, who voices Hulk on the series, as well as on Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Just, he's been Hulk in a lot of things over the last several years. That was an episode of the Mighty Marvel Podcast with host Jeff Sutter. You can find that right now on Marvel.com. We had, or depending on how early this podcast goes out on Thursday, we'll be having a live blog with some of the key talent and other special guests from the series that will be happening or did happen at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday. So if it's before that, then come over and check it out. And if it's after that, come to Marvel.com and check out the recap because we will have the full live blog for your read-through still up on the site. We brought a special interview with Eric Radomski, who is the director of the first two episodes of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, and also one of the producers on the series. He talked a lot about the inspirations for a lot of the character designs and how they shaped their different looks for the series. We have a spotlight on the Red Skull and MODOK, which as I mentioned are the two villains in this hour-long pilot for the series, looking back sort of at their history in the comics and what makes them so awesome, which I'm sure if you've ever heard Ryan Panagos speak, you know there is a lot to appreciate with MODOK and how awesome he is. We've got, or will have, rather, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday, or, you know, now, if you're listening to it after Thursday, a special episode of Marvel Universe, Your Countdown, again, hosted by Agent M, Ryan Panagos, giving you the top five reasons to tune in to the one-hour preview event this Sunday. And... I think that's pretty much it for all the Marvel's Avengers Assemble news. But, of course, over the next few weeks, we'll be bringing you a lot more. Because, remember, the one-hour preview event is this Sunday, May 26th. But the series officially premieres July 7th. So, in between May 26th and July 7th, we will, of course, be bringing you a lot more. And you can learn even more about the series as we go along. 
Then, moving over to a different animated series, we have another full episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man streaming now for free on Marvel.com. That is episode 13 of season 1, Me Time. And this is the episode where Spider-Man first met Dr. Octopus in this series. If you remember, for the first half of season 1, Doc Ock was sort of hiding around in the shadows, didn't really confront Spidey head-on, but in this one, he does. It's great. Revisit that classic episode right now on Marvel.com. We also brought you news that... Wolverine Origin, the next Marvel Knights animation production, will be hitting DVD on July 9th. For those of you who don't know, Marvel Knights animation takes the original comic art from all these original series and brings them to animated life, complete with voice cast, with some additional animation going on, sort of drawing in extra sides to the borders. It's it's really gorgeous, really incredible. We've had several Marvel Knights animation series so far hang DVD, of course. All four of Joss Whedon and John Cassidy's Astonishing X-Men story arcs are on Marvel Knights animation DVD. We've got Spider-Woman, Agent of Sword, Black Panther, Iron Man Extremis, Thor and Loki Blood Brothers, Inhumans just came out maybe a month or so ago. No, less, yeah, about a month ago. So, Wolverine Origin will be the next one, and of course it takes the classic story by Paul Jenkins, Andy Kubert, and Richard Eisenhoff, and brings it to life. You get to see Wolverine's full origin story like you've never seen it before. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it will be particularly gorgeous. They've all been gorgeous, but this one, I can't wait to see that Kubert and Eisenhoff art brought to life. And finally, jumping into the world of video games, Deadpool showed off the box art for his upcoming video game, which hits consoles on June 25th. You can check out both the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 box art right now on Marvel.com. And of course, pre-order the game, because if you don't, Deadpool will hurt me and nobody wants that. So, with that, I will send you once more back to those fine, fine fellows in New York. I bid you adieu. I will speak to you again in another seven days, and I hope you have a great weekend and an even greater week. Until then. All right, thank you, Mark. Time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Once again, use, your, use hashtag This Week in Marvel tweet your questions and comments uh, for us to use on a future episode. You can also tweet directly to at Agent M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, and at Stromy. Dive right into things with at AC Detonation. He says, what reading should I get done before Infinity launches in August? Nice thing about Infinity is that free comic book day issue really preps you on everything you need to know. So if you did pick up the free comic book day Infinity issue, that really is all you need. Um, and we'll certainly be helping out on Marvel.com releasing a lot of stories kind of chronicling the big players. But I've read the script for Infinity number one. Jonathan Hickman does a really good job of kind of covering, all right, this is what you need to know. These are the people you need to know. These are the events you need to know. Boom. So there's not a lot of stuff you need to read. 
Of course, there's always stuff you can read to kind of supplement your enjoyment. Uh, the first arc of Hickman's Avengers, good place to start because that introduces the Builders. Uh, anything involving Thanos, kind of the classic Thanos stuff. Uh, Hickman's first arc of New Avengers, as that involved, and also going back, Hickman's Fantastic Four stuff, particularly involving the Inhumans, is going to be big. So really, this is the story that Jonathan Hickman's been reading. So if you've been reading Jonathan Hickman's stuff for the last few years, that's kind of the culmination here. But again, it's uh, it's a very clean entry point for a very complex story, um, but that Jonathan does a really nice job making sure you're going to get all the information you need to follow. Did you say Thanos Rising? I did not say Thanos Rising. I neglected that. That's a good one to put yes. in there just to get the idea of no, absolutely. a little bit more insight into to who that character is. Right, and it's a, it's a modern retelling of his origin yeah. and really the most incomplete, complete telling of Thanos' origin ever. So yeah, Thanos yeah. reading would actually probably be the most essential reading uh, beforehand. Yep. At Jedi Masketeer just says, Loves Marvel Heroes. Thanks for having him beta test it. He's ready for launch. And that was uh, in reply to uh, our recent This Week in Marvel point five podcast. At El Comanche, Anthony Palmieri, do you guys know of any websites with cool cable t-shirts for sale? I can't find any anywhere except for a chibi one. Uh, if anyone would know this, it would be you. Um, I mean, if you, my, I always say go to We Love Fine, uh, WeLoveFine.com, and see what they have. I, I'm trying to rack my brain if they have anything for cable. I feel like they do, but... I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, if you want to go back, if you can go back in time to the early 90s, you can definitely pick up some great cable t-shirts when there were millions of comics being sold and and Comic Images was printing up some great cable t-shirts. Yeah. But if you don't have that capability, check We Love Fine. Let us know and we'll see uh, if not we can spin some wheels and get things going. Another one from Anthony, picking up on the thread where we're talking about Guthries and Guthries and Lost Loves and Chuck Austin last week. Mm. My my bad. Forgot that was not Angel that played guitar. We, of course, stated that it was Josh Guthrie. During that time, my, my mind was occupied by college and college girls. You are so cool, Anthony. Really <laughs> college put, girls. Really put yourself over there. <laughs> hey, you're man. The man. You're the man. Nothing wrong with little learning yep. of all kinds. It's all good. At Brad the YM tweets, The X-Gene is back in the Marvel Universe. Are the New Mutants those who should have powers at birth? Yes. The New Mutants are people who had dormant X-Genes that were shut down by the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, they most likely won't have powers at birth. No one has powers at birth. That's Mm. crazy. Mm. Yeah, like one or two. One or two. But the potential is there. Right. uh, And it will manifest itself at some point. Another one from Brad, he said, the This Week in Marvel AU podcast with alternate reality being acted out was so funny. Thank you. I hear a lot about that. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I haven't listened to it. Another one from Brad, he says, the AR app has a very low rating at the iTunes app store. Could other Twim listeners go rate the app? Please do. Um, we cannot, you know, tell you to do that. We don't endorse that. But if you like it, go ahead. Uh, I politely asked. I didn't tell anyone. I said, sure. please do. Yeah, if you like it, let people know. Thank you. Brad. At Dreamy Robot, best issue so far for this series. We've got a picture, and it's of the latest issue of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man with uh, Miles Morales' dad. Coming. That line was so yeah. good. Kids got play all of a sudden after he walked off with Gwen Stacy I while they were it. out to dinner. That yeah, was a very good so issue. Great. At Forgot You Talked, DD, in response to Sleepwalker appearance, he made a non-continuity appearance in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes a few months back. There you go. Well, you know, that's another one for yeah. old Sleepy. Hey, Sleepwalker fans, track that down. 
At down to Devin, Devin Ray Davis, is Madrox going to a new book once X Factor is sadly cancelled? Hashtag Madrox, hashtag multiple, hashtag man, hashtag Marvel. <laughs> Stay tuned and read X Factor all the way to the end. Yeah. For the answer to that. That's question. all we can say right now. Yes. At Demox21 says, feeling kind of bad for Ganky not getting his Lego set. Also loving Marte Gracia on Colors for Nova. Book looked fantastic. Ganky's okay. Yeah. He, he'll uh, be okay. Yeah, he'll recover. Yeah. He needed this to make him stronger <laughs> in the end. Strength through wounding. Mm-hmm. At Ed Gazarian tweets, and for the record, profile pick aside, hashtag make mine Marvel. This Week in Marvel with Ben J. Morse and Agent M is the greatest podcast of them all. I said, thank you, Ed. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Then I added, and a fine judge of horse flesh as well, and I trademarked that to John Cirilli because he used to say that all the time to us. Yeah. And the record, for the record, profile pick aside is because he has another company's characters as profile. Burn it down. Get to changing that, Ed. Yeah. So say the greatest podcast host of them all. Yeah. Who is that? It's us. Wow. Nice job. Congratulations. Uh, we have more from Ed? Yeah, Ed said uh, Ed. that he would love a .5 podcast with writers talking about how they broke in. What are the odds? Is there one that he missed? I don't think we have any, but I will say that anytime we go to a convention, uh, we do cover C.B. Cebulski's Breaking Into Marvel panel, yeah. usually with live blogs, and there's always fantastic stories and also a rune story about how... I love a rune story, and I've heard it now so many times. Yeah, it's a great story. But at the, at the last, at C2E2, he was like, all right, I'm going to be brief. He went he's, on for yeah, like 15 no, minutes. But that is his version of brief. I know, it was amazing. <laughs> that's how he does it. He's brief. got a good story. It's fine. It is a great um, story if you've never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> there might also be video of these yeah. on, on the site. So. But those are, I love those panels. They're yeah. awesome. And totally. uh, we should. that's something we want to try to do. We, we always want to... We always say we're going to get more creators and people at Marvel on the Point Five podcast. The thing is, we just have so many people who come in, so many guests. But it's definitely something we'll work on in the future. Yep. But for now, that's a good place to look. And his final one, he said, "If Hulk is strongest one there is, why does he need the armor? Just for Banner's sake? Hulk getting mushy? This is explained in Indestructible Hulk. Go read it. Boom. From at Turbo Addiction, I like that. What's the preferred method to play Avengers Alliance through Facebook or through Playdom's website? Eric, I think it's really up to you. Uh, some people don't have or like Facebook. Some mm-hmm. people um, do want to have that Facebook connection so they can get the perks of having all their friends. I personally never played it through Playdom's website, so I don't know what the difference is. I only I started playing through the Facebook version, and um, since they're not directly connected, I didn't start a different game. So um, my preferred method is Facebook, but that's totally up to you. Mine too. At Faith Soprano tweets, Artist preferences and amputations aside, are there any Marvel characters that are established to be left-handed? I'm sure there are. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Off the top of my head, I just don't. I think who holds stuff in their left hand. I, this is a good one. If you guys have answers, write them in. Yeah. And uh, we'll give you some twin points for identifying yeah. them. I well, can't think of anyone off the top of my head. That's five twin points to Faith for totally stumping us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, good, a good, one. good question. Yeah. At Global Icon 2012, please bring back Alpha Flight villainous Gilded Lily. There's not enough badass female baddies in the genre. I just read Alpha Flight Classic recently, and Gilded Lily is actually really cool. Yeah? Yeah. 
She's uh, just right on there. She's this crazy golden lady who turns other people into gold statues, and she's got a really cool origin. So like a Midas-type character? Yes, a Midas-type character, but with a twist. A twist. Um, she's a very cool character. I'd love to see her back. Cool. Another one from Global Icon in response to Iron Man number 10. Tony Stark might have been a space baby with alien tech DNA. With all due respect, that's stupid. <laughs> well. Uh, with all due respect, you should keep reading. Yeah. Read to the end of the story before you judge. Story ain't done, son. So, good one. At Gregory underscore Filson tweets, Graduated this weekend. Wife got me phase one set and Acts of Vengeance omnibus. Thanks for being nice. part of my weekend. That's, That's awesome. Great wife. Good presence. Yeah, well done. Very good. Goonhild Skull tweets, Will you have more podcasts with the Marvel Heroes people? Uh, we actually do. I think um, we have one with the art team, I believe. Um, Josh Book and his crew. That was a real fun one. They were very rowdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also um, did a couple with voice actors. Uh, and those were really, really, really fun. Um, so Blake will be rolling those out. I haven't looked at the schedule of when things are coming, but as we balance between the... Um, Age of Ultron podcasts and Marvel Heroes and the other stuff that we've recorded, we'll make sure we get them in there. Um, but yeah, glad you enjoyed that one. Gunhill also says, also, Dalek is pr- pronounced Dalek, or if that made sense. Yes, because Ben makes, pronounced it Dalek or something. No sense. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. No. None whatsoever. He just doesn't get it. At James H. Harrison, you got you know, guys, my wife uses the phrase, what's wrong with you, James, at least once every three days. Um, I don't know for the podcast for this. It sounds like you need need some help from yeah. someone, not good, us. Good luck. At Penelope Cat tweets, sad to hear Red She-Hulk is canceled. I thought it was a really good book. So did the other guy who read it. Wah, wah. There yeah. was more than, one, more than two people who read it. It was a great book, and it had a good run um, between Red Hulk and Red She-Hulk. Had a really good run. I'm actually very excited to see where that character ends up because I think she's a great character. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff she could be doing in the Marvel Universe. So hopefully we'll be hearing new plans for her very soon. Totally. At Raph underscore AB, because, oh, it's a follow Friday for Ryan, myself, Mark, and Blake because This Week in Marvel is an awesome podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Raph. This is actually one I've been hearing a lot lately, and this is recently reread Marvel Point One and is wondering if we saw Cold Moon and Fire Dragon after that. To the best of my knowledge, we have not. They appeared in that Fred Van Lente written story. They were the two siblings who had never met, and then when they met, they had superpowers. Uh, I think Salvador Roca penciled it. I figure there's got to be plans for them somewhere down the line, and Tom Brevoort's actually said a lot of the stuff from that Point One issue, including the framing story with the, the Watcher, has not fully played out yet so we could see them again hopefully we'll see them again they seem pretty cool interesting yeah at ref gemlin tweets question between guardians of the galaxy nova and the upcoming infinity will we see or hear anything of the annihilators i have not heard uh the annihilators bandied about lately i mean certainly individually yeah i was about to say individually they're up to stuff yeah because you've got pretty what? much all of them are appearing silver surfer is about to be in daredevil yep uh better a bill is in journey into mystery Ronin appeared in Fantastic Four and FF, and there's more stuff coming up for him. Gladiator is a part of Infinity. Yeah, he and, showed up. And, and he was in Guardians. Guardians, yep. Really, the only one who's not doing anything is Quasar. Uh, so ho- hopefully Quasar will find a place. Even actually uh, Icon, the Space Knight who was created for Annihilators, will be showing up soon. Um, so really, just poor Quasar, left out in the dark. As oh, and, and the dog. Oh, Cosmo? Cosmo. I haven't seen Cosmo. I love Cosmo. So, 
I like to think that Quasar and Cosmo are just kicking hanging back, out, you know, relaxing, throwing the throwing the frisbee around, <laughs> hanging out on nowhere, yeah. doing their thing. Totally. Another one for Robert. He says, you can tell it's been a busy week when you don't manage to get a tweet question in to This Week in Marvel. Hashtag first world problems. Is that from last week you didn't get one in? I don't know. Because he has one in this week. Yeah. So he's... It's all right. We got confusing. we got you. We never forget you, Robert. Yeah. That is a first world problem, though. Mm. For shiz. Dr. Underscore Spidey tweets... Said it. <laughs> got this at Big Wow Comic Fest today because Agent M talked it up on This Week in Marvel. Next wave. Agents of hate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. So good, so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. I'm going to punch Ben in the face. It's so good. That's definitely going to be on the reading club at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Just keep an eye on him. Um, At Secret City Laugh, just dawned on me, but would you consider Cable and the X-Force the A-team of the Marvel Universe? No, because you can't hire them. That's a key component of the A-team. The whole thing is if you can find them... You can hire the A team. Yeah. Well, and with Cable and X Force, if you can find them, they're probably going to run away from you because <laughs> they're fugitives. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's it's a good thought. They have the on the run frame for crimes they didn't commit part, but they don't have the mercenary part. Maybe that'll kick in Maybe. down the line. I like that though. I do too. It's a good it's a good thought. Yeah. At Dirty Lash tweets. When do we get a Wolverine was wrong T-shirt because of the choices he makes in Age of Ultron? Get on it. We love fine tees. That's a great suggestion. That'd be cool having, it. like, a Wolverine was wrong, Cyclops was right, like, flip t-shirt, one yeah. on the front, one on the back. That's so good. Asbiv tweets, really enjoying Marvel Unlimited and all the new Marvel Now titles. Great way to read new books and catch up on old ones. Boom, Stephen, that is a perfect endorsement. Thank you. And we'll finish up with at Red Sox 040713, Steve Maliza, saying, wow, I feel special, expectantly, I don't think that's a word, but... We love you. Three of my tweets were read on the podcast this week in Marvel. Hashtag make mine Marvel. And now you got one more. Boom. Terrific. All right, guys. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks to Caroline for coming back. Thanks to uh, Blake, Ben, and Stromy for doing whatever they do. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. And remember, Avengers Forever is our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club book. So check it out in the app or on the site. And I like we'll talk... being lumped in with Blake and Strong when I'm sitting here with you the entire time. Whatever you're doing, you it's You know great. what I'm doing. I, I, I can't keep track. Ugh. And uh, so really, thanks to everybody. Read that book. We'll talk about it next week. This is Marvel. Your universe. Your universe. <laughs>